Hey friend, Rebecca here. Welcome to Love Is Not Dead, Just My Husband. Now I know that the pain of a loss may seem never ending and we can let it eat us alive and break us down to our weakest point or we can choose to live. My question is, do you just want to survive or do you want to thrive? So if you're ready, I want you to join me here each week so we can widow our own way together. I think this episode is coming at the perfect time for the new year. And I wasn't even thinking about this until just before I sat down to record. Most people are making New Year's resolutions to make changes in their lives and be a better person. I'm not looking to be a better version of myself in the new year. I'm actually more interested in figuring out my why so that I can understand and love the version of who I am now. Like, why am I the way that I am? Why is it so hard for me to say no? Why do I continuously give time and energy when it's clearly not reciprocated? Why don't I take my own advice? Why do I have such a fear of rejection? Why do I have a problem with commitment? Why do I struggle with showing affection? Why do I feel so disconnected sometimes? And why do I always have a desire to run away? I know I'm about to talk about my husband, Tom, but the topic today can really relate to anyone grieving or just life in general. But for some reason, this is really stirring something inside me, and I'm desperate to find some answers. Just when I think maybe, just about, almost, the tiniest bit might have my shit together, bam, it's like another secret compartment from the darkest corner of my life opens. And now it just can't be ignored. Everyone talks about the physical and mental challenges we experience when grieving, but I want to talk about the identity crisis that I had as a widow. I don't know about you, but I was really struggling with making decisions on my own and without still considering what Tom would want. For so many years, I did what Tom wanted, and I never realized how much I actually gave into him until after he died. Maybe I was blinded by love, or maybe I was just blinded by my own complacent behavior. Me and Tom were opposite in so many ways, and thinking back now, we probably got along so well because I gave in to whatever he said. For example, he liked dark colors. I like light colors. When we moved in together, it was his place, so I gave up pretty much all of my furniture, which was all light colored. And Trying to make his house my home was a challenge. I had some light-colored towels and bed sheets that, you know, were mixed in with his. I can tell he didn't really like it. And I'll be honest, I don't think he ever used one of my yellow towels. And before I bought anything for the house, I would always show him a picture of it first just to see if he liked it or not. I mean, that included towels, bed sheets, pillows, a knickknack, you name it. I felt like I had to get his approval for anything that I put into the house. And he never agreed to anything that was light, bright, 
or feminine. I could do light colors, but they had to be like neutral light colors, like tans or blues or greens. Tom's idea of a bright color was actually this deep red color that we once painted our living room. We butted our heads all the time, and I always gave in. But damn, I needed a pop of color. I found all the dark colors just so depressing. I remember once I bought this multicolored Martha Stewart dish set, and he talked so much shit. I think the only reason why he gave in is because the dishes were actually hidden in the cabinets. The only time we ever ate off of these dishes is when I pulled them out. He would almost prefer to eat off of a paper plate than those bright colored dishes. And if we had to have dark colors, I at least needed some light coming into the house. Tom would keep all the window blinds shut and all the doors closed. Me? I was up every morning like Mary frickin' Poppins, opening up the curtains, opening up the blinds, and I would turn on every light in the house. And then he would come in right behind me like the light police, closing everything and saying how people can see everything that we're doing. I remember just a few months before he had died, I was in my office working. I had the bedroom light on, the window blind all the way up, and then a desk lamp turned pointing right down at my keyboard. He came in to speak and when he left, he turned off the light, which is what he always did. But this time, I yelled, stop, I can't see. And he turned around and said, what do you mean you can't see? It's in the middle of the day. You have every light in the house on. You have all the windows open. He goes, and you have a desk lamp pointing right down there for you. He said, are you blind? Yes, I am blind. Now leave me alone. He walked off saying that I could pay for the electric bill. And so, of course, after my eye cancer diagnosis, I had to give him an angry little gesture with my fist and say, bet you feel bad now. See, I was going blind the whole time with eye cancer. (laughs) Now, after Tom died, I was still making decisions as if he was still alive. After my house fire, I decided that I was going to sell the home and buy something smaller. I came across this 16 by 44 contractor's trailer for $3,000. My HGTV brain went into overdrive. This was it. My dream of tiny home living, but still not so tiny that Tom would hate it. Tom hated anything small, but that had more to do probably with his size. He was 6'3", almost 300 pounds. And he wasn't living in anything small. And everything in our home was king-sized. Tom never understood my obsession with tiny home living. I just liked everything to be minimal, not have a lot of clutter. That probably had something to do with my OCD. But this was it. I had been obsessed with tiny homes for the past few years. And I was so excited. I looked at floor plans for weeks trying to decide what I wanted. I went with two bedrooms, one bath, a bedroom at each end so you can have as much privacy as you could possibly get in 700 square feet, 
a roomy bathroom with a nice walk-in shower because I hate baths. I don't know. It's just something about sitting in dirty water just gives me the heebie-jeebies. There's an open floor plan, of course, because, well, it's only 700 square feet and you need it to seem bigger than it actually is. There are windows everywhere with enough light to come through. And of course, my dad made sure there was plenty of recessed lighting everywhere so I can see. There's lighting under the kitchen cabinets. There's lighting in the closets. There's even a light in the shower. I never knew how much I needed a light in the shower until I actually had one. Once it was time to start decorating, I was stumped. I knew what I liked, but I couldn't seem to make a single decision. Everything I looked at, I just heard Tom's voice in my head telling me no. The breaking point was a full-blown anxiety attack, trying to pick out a paint color. Now, I'd never had an anxiety attack before. I literally couldn't catch my breath. My chest was so tight and it was so painful, I thought I was having a heart attack. I was so scared I could barely move. I called my friend Nicole crying hysterically. I was going through all kinds of emotions. I was mostly mad at myself because I couldn't make a simple decision on a paint color. Every paint color had an opinion from Tom that I was making up in my head. I knew what I liked, but I was scared to choose. I was second-guessing everything, and I felt like I couldn't trust the single decision I was making. I called Nicole because I knew we had similar tastes. I always loved how her home was decorated, and when I visited, it always felt calm and peaceful. So Nicole talked me off the ledge and said she was coming to the East Coast for work, and she would just swing by North Carolina and help me out. What a relief. When she got here, we got the majority of what I needed done in a single day. Now, Nicole loves shopping, and she's really good at decorating. First off, we started at Lowe's Home Improvement. We picked out the paint color, kitchen cabinets, countertops, backsplash, bathroom vanity, and a shower. Then we went to look at furniture. Because it was such a small space, we had to be exact. So we measured all the walls in the living room. We brought a tape measure and a copy of the floor plan with us. Now, Lowe's was easy because it's my favorite store, but I was getting more anxious that we were actually picking out furniture. Furniture was something that Tom always picked out because he was so big. He needed furniture that was big enough to fit him, which always meant it was too big for me. My feet never touched the floor on any of our sofas. And, of course, you guessed it, they were always darker colors. Nicole could see that I was really getting overwhelmed, and she did a really good job of, you know, bringing me back to reality. First, she said, we're not picking a single thing that Tom would like. If he would like it, it's a no. If it's a dark color, it's a no. Okay, got it. And let me tell you, it was hard to stay focused on that. Sometimes I had this feeling like I was going to get in trouble for making a decision without Tom. We sat on all the furniture and I contemplated 
sectionals versus two pieces because I mean the space is so small there's not a whole lot of room for moving furniture around. I decided on a two-piece light gray sofa set and secretly I sat all the way back pretending that I was Tom to see if he would be comfortable. My feet didn't touch the floor and I felt a little relief. That entire day, we went from store to store buying more furniture and home decor. Nicole fired quick questions that only required yes or no answers so I wouldn't be able to make up any excuses. Would Tom like this? Yes or no? If the answer was yes, she said no and put it back. Do you like this or do you like that? Yes or no? Before I knew it, my little tiny home was coming together. And I could really consider this a widow win for the day. It was a really good start for me. And I actually felt comfortable with making some final touches on my own. One decision that I had made to make this tiny home my own was deciding to not have any of Tom's things in it. Not because I didn't love him. Not because I didn't want his things. But it's because I realized I didn't know what I liked without Tom making a decision for me. And I was beginning to realize that I didn't know who I was either. I was even struggling with food, but God, that's a whole nother episode. I just couldn't believe that I was such a people pleaser. Who else was I like this with? What does this say about me as a person? I was so confused. I needed to figure out how to make decisions on my own because even with this, I had help from Nicole. I needed to find my independence. Since Thomas died, I've definitely learned a lot about myself. I've become more confident in making decisions on my own, and I'm probably a little too independent. I'm still learning my style, and I think it just keeps changing. My most recent challenge has been my clothes. But just making decisions like my home, clothes have been difficult for me too. For years, I wore scrubs to work every day. And for the past nine years, I've been working at home. So comfy pajamas and yoga pants is my thing. I have done Stitch Fix for a few years, but that's because I really don't enjoy shopping or putting things together and making matchy outfits. Stitch Fix really took the decision making out of that for me. And I usually liked what I got, or was I just agreeing with the stylist and scared to return it? Maybe I was just comfortable with Tom, and he didn't care how I looked, so I didn't care either. I mean, I dressed up sometimes, but definitely not on a daily, probably not even weekly, but he was the same way too. Neither one of us gave much effort. Since Tom passed away, I've lost about 30 pounds. I'm eating healthier and exercising a bit. I will have to admit, I do have a newfound confidence in myself. I feel like I'm discovering a whole new me sometimes, and I really want clothes that's going to reflect that. I definitely have some self-esteem issues, and I don't always feel attractive. Now, I don't think I'm ugly, but I don't think I'm a 10. I'm more like a solid 7. And my personality makes me a 10 plus. But I am definitely falling in love with this new version of me. 
And for some reason, the color pink and all things sparkly. I still struggle with my identity as Tom's wife, as a widow, and this new version of me. It scares me, but these changes have also helped me grow in so many ways. I often wonder if Tom would like this new version of me. Would he even be attracted to me now? Would he be interested in me if he met me for the first time? Would he swipe right on me in a dating app? I don't even know why I'm tearing up right now thinking about this. Why does it bother me so much what Tom would think of me now? What was it about me 23 years ago that he liked so much? And honestly, I don't even know that person anymore. I do love the person that I'm becoming. And I know I still have a lot of work to do. And I'm learning new things about myself every single day. But you know what? I can't wait to see how all this turns out. Because after all, love is not dead. Just my husband. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Love is Not Dead, Just My Husband. I really hope you've been inspired to move forward just a little or a lot. And always remember to widow your own way. I know it takes time to get there, but you won't find me sitting around waiting for my life to begin any longer. So I hope you tune in each week to see what comes next. And if once a week isn't enough, you can head on over to my Facebook and Instagram so we can chat. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode and get to know you better. And please, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, give me a five-star rating, and leave a review so you never miss an opportunity to hang out with me 